This is WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with global soul. Coming up next, Art on the Air, with your host, Rob Hessler. Welcome to Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. This is an hour-long interview program dedicated to the visual arts. Each week we feature guests in conversation about their theory, practice, and current projects, as well as the state of the visual arts in our community. On this week's episode, we've got Kelly Bomer in the studio. Her work is currently on view in conjunction with Treat Gallery at the Pulse Art Fair in Miami during Art Basel. And coming this February, she'll have a solo exhibition in Savannah at Cedar House Gallery. We've also got two field notes. We spoke with Marissa Lilji at Sulphur Studios all about her on view residency project. And we also got all the details about Whale Week from four of the organizers, including past Art on the Air guests, Tara Garrigan and Molly Lieberman. Plus, we've got a special guest co-host this week, as multidisciplinary artist Becca Cook takes the open chair. So let's get started with another episode of Art on the Air. Here's your host, Rob Hessler. And this is Rob Hessler. It's Art on the Air, Wednesday at 3 o'clock on WRUU. And we do have a great show lined up, as you heard in the intro. I've got Becca Cook in the studio here with me as my special guest co-host this week. What's up, Becca? Hello. Hello, hello. So happy to have Becca in here. Um, I'm just going to I'm just gonna say it now to get the weirdness out of the way. Becca, of course, is one of my favorite artists in Savannah, oh, so there's that. I'm just so making awkward. I know I'm going to make it so weird now. <laughs> and we have Kelly Bamer in the studio as well as our in-studio guest. What's up, Kelly? How, happy to have you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so Kelly is was sort of on my uh, list of people I really wanted to get in the studio this week. And you've probably seen Kelly's work at group shows around town and as i mentioned in the intro she's going to have an exhibition coming up at cedar house gallery in february so you'll be able to see a larger collection of her pieces and i want to mention too you can also go to kellybamer.com and that's spelled k-e-l-l-y-b-o-e-h-m-e-r.com if you want to see more of her work i've also posted some up on the art on the air facebook page and you can see her on instagram at kelly.bamer is her Instagram and also on Artsy as well. So just give a search for that. There's lots of places where you can see Kelly's work and we're excited to talk to her about it because it's really, um, it's unique. Let's say it's unique (laughs) in the best way. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) So we're going to start the show today by playing a one of our two field notes. As I mentioned in the intro there, we have a field note that we'll play at the end of the show with Marissa Liljay, the current artist in residence at Sulphur Studios, and that's going to be our feature event for the week. But we're going to start with our Whale Week field note, which I think is really interesting. This event, actually, it starts tonight, 
and runs through Sunday. There's a bunch of events, and they did a couple of big, big art pieces, billboards, actually, and you're going to hear all about that. So let's dive right in, and we will be right back after this field note. Art on the Air field notes, Rob Hessler here with Tara Garrigan, Molly Lieberman, Aaron Westling, and Paulita Bennett-Martin. We are talking about Whale Week. We spoke with Tara last year about the event, and it's coming back around. It's happening starting tonight, Wednesday, December 4th. So, Tara, why don't you tell us what this is all about? So, Whale Week is a series of events where we aim to bring people together and promote the arts by celebrating and, and learning more about our North Atlantic right whale. This is a series of events, so why don't you tell us, first and foremost, where can people find out where all of the events are that we're going to be talking about so that way people can have a point of reference? So all the events and information is listed at whaleweek.org. We have events every night from Wednesday through Sunday. A few schools are participating, so the first night we have Tybee Island Maritime Academy. They're having a family night. And the next night at Juliet Low Elementary, they're also having a family night. Savannah Arts Academy is hosting our Film Truth Productions. That's coming down to screen portions of their film and have a discussion. So that will be on Friday. And then again, it's open to the public on Sunday at the Tybee Post Theater. And Tara, now you're the artist of this group that we have sitting here. Paulita, though, you're kind of, this is kind of your jam here. So why don't we talk a little bit about this now. Tell us your role in this and sort of what part you're playing in putting all this together. So my role is, I'm not an artist, oddly enough, but I often find that art's very helpful at carrying a message, connecting with different audiences. And so my background is in research and advocacy in the ocean realm. So I work on North Atlantic right whales in my role at Oceana. But outside of that, I worked with Tara and other people like Molly Lieberman and Aaron and W Projects, that is. And we work together to kind of raise awareness for this whale through more creative avenues than just your traditional advocacy or research. Why is it important that we care about this? It's very symbolic of our stewardship of the coast of Georgia. The North Atlantic right whale comes to one place in their entire corridor, which is the tip of Florida from about Jacksonville all the way up to about Savannah every year to have their calves. Without us making sure that those areas continue to be protected, we won't see a future of North Atlantic right whales. There's only about 400 approximately left. They're highly endangered, one of the most endangered large marine mammals on the planet right now. And I think that as coastal Georgia residents, we should be concerned about things that are so uniquely connected to where we live and our own histories. Erin, Paulita mentioned W Project. Tell us what your organization is all about and what your role is in this. So we are a full-service marketing agency. However, we have sort of a, a niche where site activation public art, large-scale event production focused around, you know, the creatives and art. So we have been able to produce some of the larger public art and arts festivals, one of them being A-Town Get Down. We have helped produce uh, a lot of the public art that Judge Realty has done, doing it on our own building. And so obviously we're huge advocates of being able to produce something in a creative manner that helps provide a lot quicker, better, and more inspirational promotion 
of an actual either an event or as this is education on the North Atlantic right whale. So when Polita came to W Projects, the whole focus was trying to create something of public awareness through the arts in order to promote the event as well as the North Atlantic right whale. And so we looked to local sponsors, which Rivers and Glen came on as the billboard sponsor. We did a call out to artists to help produce something on a local level that not only highlighted the event, but also the creative aspect of the local artists here. So we commissioned artist Caroline Rose, as well as Loop It Up, who produced something with one of their schools to produce two very large billboards that can be seen throughout Savannah. One is on Eisenhower and Skidaway, right off the Truman, and then the other one is on Duren and White Bluff. Awesome, and of course, Molly Lieberman, the director of Loop It Up, of course kids are going to be involved, and of course art is going to be involved. So talk about the creation of that billboard, because that sounds pretty amazing. Oh yeah, such a great experience for the kids. So when we heard about the billboard opportunity, I got really excited. Last year we had done the Bill Week Family Night at the School of Humanities at Juliet Gordon Lowe Elementary. Last year, the students really had an opportunity to just to learn about the North Atlantic right whale and also I think to kind of through the way that they're comfortable with art because we do art all the time, they kind of gained this voice in the science and environmental world as well and that which is so cool now because you think about like this whole environmental movement going on worldwide is really run by young people. So this year the mural project and the billboard project was like this big exciting thing. We uh, figured out the dimensions of the actual billboard and then we created a mural on canvas that was about half the size, so it's the correct dimensions that could be scaled up. So the kids got to work on that in terms of math and measuring things, and then they created this gigantic painting of a North Atlantic right whale. And what you'll see on the billboard and in the mural is that underneath the whale, there's like a row of self-portraits of the kids, and they're, they have, they're holding the whale up in the air like this. And so we kind of thought about this concept of using our voices to talk about what matters, and and that's an actual voice as well as a creative voice which you see through this project. That's a great public art project there. So let's finish up here. Now there's a lot of events going on in conjunction with this as we said it at the beginning. Why don't I go back to you Paulita? Why don't you give us all the details on where people can find all of the information? Sure. All the information for Whale Week can be found at whaleweek.org. There's several pages in there with history of North Atlantic right whales, but you'll look at the program schedule and you will find every event listed there with any appropriate links that you might need to learn more. This sounds like a great series of events. Whale Week starts today and runs through Sunday. Thank you all for being on our on the air field notes today. Thank you. Thank you. This was awesome. Welcome back into the studio. This is Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. We are Savannah Soundings Community Radio with Global Soul. And that, of course, was our field note all about Whale Week. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I think what's cool is that Molly was talking a little bit about getting these kids involved in doing a painting that ended up being a billboard and so they are kind of involved in thinking about issue related artwork and i want to talk a little bit about that because i know becca you've been you do issue art issue related artwork all the time 
Um, Kelly, I'm not I'm not as familiar with your the reasons why you do the things that you do. So we'll ask you a little bit about that. But I I kind of wonder, like, you know, how is it how important is it to you, both of you, that the work that you do is has some sort of kind of message, something that like is almost trying to make the world a better place by being out there? I I think my work has a message, but a lot of it's very personal. Um, And I haven't tackled a lot of those big political issues in my work, but I'm a big fan of artwork like that. Um, But I haven't done a lot in my own work. Well, see, one of the things I admire about your work, Becca, is like you do that and it doesn't feel... I mean, it is also personal for you. I mean, I think that that's the thing that I that's the hard line, like what you're talking about, Kelly. Like it has to be personal or else it sort of feels like there's a distance between the artist and the artwork. And it feels a little forced to me. Right. Right. Like I'm not going to talk about something that I don't haven't experienced. So like the pieces that I do that have a political or maybe a message type in it's because I've experienced that. So or and it's from my experience of that. Mm-hmm, so I'm not mm-hmm. really giving, I don't know, it's, it's just more talking about, like, the sexual harassment piece is talking about things that I went through personally. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's making a message, but it's just, but it's also personal. Yeah, and Becca's talking about unwanted hands, and you can see that at her website, actually, com, and you can see that. And I think what's, you know, we're talking about the personal connection here, I think, with the Atlantic Right Whale, that is very personal to savannah and our coast so i think there is sort of like a personal investment that comes by just making artwork about something that is so it's really is part of our you know who we are here and i think that that's what's really cool and uh, you know now you can drive by and see those billboards they're they're where up. are they one is at white bluff uh, right near the truman parkway okay so you can see it i believe off of the truman parkway and then she mentioned the other one and in the interview and i totally forget but it's Duran and mm, go back and listen to the archives (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean I think it's so I think that's just a really it's more public art and we've been talking about public art on the radio show a lot lately and I think that that's just such a cool you know it's a it's public art it has meaning it's like kind of to make making taking something that is ordinarily like advertising something to us and instead turning it into something which maybe might have a positive impact on the world. And right. billboards basically have zero positive impact otherwise, if you ask me. <laughs> like it's an advertisement that sprouts out of nowhere and distracts you from looking at m- better things in my mind. So it's nice that it's like artwork up on them. Right. Well, look, let's get into our interview here with our in-studio guest. Kelly Bamer. Now we've heard a little bit from her, but I'm going to read her bio so that way you all get to know her a little bit better. You've probably seen her around, though, in shows around town, location gallery. Rachel Flora did a, a five questions with with Kelly. I guess I was back in July-ish, right around so. there, back yeah. in July. Um, so you can find that uh, at the Connect website. But here, let me read this. Kelly Bamer has exhibited and performed her work nationally and internationally, including shows in Baltimore, Dallas, Miami, New York City, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, San Juan, and Sarajevo, Bosnia. She received her BFA in studio art at the Maryland Institute College of Art and her MFA in studio art at the University of South Florida. Kelly is a professor of foundation studies at Savannah College of Art and Design in Savannah, Georgia. She is a member of the Performance Art Band, 
Glitter Chariot. And we're going to talk more about that because that is a very interesting thing. <laughs> Kelly's work is represented by DAC Gallery based in Miami, Florida, and Mykonos, Greece. Her work is currently on view at Pulse Art Fair during Art Basel in conjunction with Treat Gallery, and she'll be having a solo exhibition at Cedar House Gallery in Savannah this coming February. Welcome, Kelly Bamer, to Art on the Air. Thanks. So happy to have you. So let's get started here. Now, if you do some research on Kelly, you'll find out some of the answers to the questions that I'm going to ask, but I just want to get a good foundation here. What is going on with your work? <laughs> Ooh, that's a big question. <laughs> so I want to ask really like, because I, I mentioned it and we've put up some pieces again on the Art on the Air Facebook page. You can go to kellybamer.com and see a lot of her work as well. But you have a really unique and interesting style. And I was doing some research on you and apparently you were into painting when you were in college yeah. and you were using sort of muted and actually, it was just sort of described as sad color, sad, <laughs> a sad palette. Yeah. And then you found color and you started working in these sort of 3D sort of pieces. So let's talk about that. Like, how did you kind of find your voice with this style that you're using? It's weird. It, it actually came through struggling trying to paint. I really wanted to be a painter. I love paintings. But they just weren't working it was like you said they just the colors weren't very bright they were kind of murky and sad and I think um my professors saw in school that I was struggling with and they said try something new try something totally different and um get out of your comfort zone so I started sewing and embroidering into my drawings and then they said you just totally discovered color then and Mm -hmm. got less scared of using it because I was already out of my comfort zone at that point well, okay, so you're using some embroidery and stuff, but you're also using some found objects. One of the things that you like to do is deconstruct existing sculptures and use them in your pieces. So talk about <laughs> how that evolved, because if you will look at some of the works that we posted up, I mean, there's like a wolf's head that's yeah, kind of like yes. part of a dog. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, I started working with taxidermy, and um, it's this weird thing because – you get your hands on this material and all of a sudden it's it's already charged. It's already coming in with some sort of emotional quality. And now I just love working that way where the materials already have this meaning and they already have this emotional energy for me. And then um, it just goes from there. And now that um, my students and friends know that I work with this weird stuff that they'll bring stuff like that to me (laughs) so it's my studio is kind of creepy it's got all this weird weird things like that in it um but I do really like mixing um those weird dead things with soft materials and fibers I imagine you have a box in your studio that's labeled dead things yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you have Becca you have like a corner right where you just have like weird graveyard yes your graveyard yeah I have the art graveyard because I deconstruct pieces and reconstruct as well oh that's cool and I just throw them in my graveyard yeah and it scares Rob (laughs) (laughs) well but so but it it scares but it also intrigues me and i think that's one of the things that i love about because you're when i when i'm doing research and you're 
kind of talking about like the way that people react to your work and and some people say oh that's like so weird or strange or unsettling and then other people are like that's fun and colorful and i think it's both of those things and i think that's what's so interesting about it is like like for example most recently i saw your work in the 300 and under exhibition at location gallery which was a fundraiser for the wruu and that's kind of where we first started talking about yeah. this even though i had seen your work before and like if you look at your work across the room there's just these vibrant colors and it's like oh what's going on there but then you get up closer and it's like desiccated body parts and (laughs) intestines and all of that stuff so i think that you have there are both of those things there's the beauty and then also the sort of disquieting elements yeah because a lot of the uh inspiration comes from relationships and tricky things like that where they will be beautiful and magical and wonderful but they'll be really vulnerable too um and have those harder sides to them so i try to show that visually and just through the materials yeah definitely i see, that's i love those pieces because it has that complexity of almost a range of emotional experience when i look at your pieces where it does have that almost like comfortable anxiety death cute but it's like all of these different weird things all but they but they make sense, you know, because as, as being a human, the human experience is like these complexities of different things. And I really like your pieces. They remind me. They make me think of that when I see them. Thanks. Yeah. yeah and I can see that, too. I mean, I think that and I think that that's like a really interesting balance because there are other artists in town. Like one of my favorite artists in town is XL Kiefer. Right. And she does really dark work that is you know and she's dealing with death and some of these issues and stuff that i see in your work but if you were to like compare stylistically your works and both of you actually had works in the 300 and under show so you could like see them side by side they couldn't be more different but i think that there's also like i don't know there's like a connection philosophical connection underneath yeah, yeah, because I love exploring that dark side, but I do, like you said, want to pull in the viewer with the colors and the textures. And then kind of, if I'm going to talk about something like death, I'd rather soften the blow with, with soft materials and something that's kind of comforting at the same time. Mm. For those of you just joining us, you're listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org. I am your host, Rob Hessler, with my special guest co-host this week, Becca Cook, and our in-studio guest is Kelly Bamer. And she currently has some work down at the Pulse Art Fair down in Miami. And I want to just kind of touch on that really quick because Art Basel is obviously very well known to people. And you have some work down there. So talk a little bit about that because obviously if your work is being accepted by galleries that will be showing down there, there is an audience for this kind of work. Talk about that experience and how you got involved with Treat Gallery and doing all of that down there in Miami. Yeah, trying to find the right space for this work is a challenge because it's it's not for everybody. Um, there are those edgy qualities to it, but I love seeing it in Miami. I think people there understand my hot pink and wild mm-hmm, lime greens. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense in that environment. And the visual overload. I love that about Art Basel, but then sometimes I need a break from it. I'm not going there this year, but I do love that about it. And I think my work somehow kind of fits in that scene. Oh, I mean, it's totally chaotic down there during Art Basel. It's almost like 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's absolutely <laughs> right. It is like your piece is a part of what that almost what that is. So now one of the things we talked about before we went on the air and I think is important is that, you know, to our listeners is that, you know, you've shown here in Savannah, but actually you've shown in a lot of other places and you have a lot of other opportunities out there and you're looking for your audience outside of Savannah because I love your work personally and I think a lot of artists will love your work personally, but maybe not the buying public here in Savannah is necessarily sort of educated to respond to your work necessarily and put it in like some old historic home in downtown Savannah, you know, not that not to say that that can't happen, but you've explored outside of Savannah to find your niche. So talk a little bit about how you kind of establish that, because I think it's important for younger artists to kind of get a sense of looking beyond just the borders of Savannah and Chatham County. Yeah, because I think one thing that worked for me was teaching and having that be my paycheck and kind of separating out that from the artwork and when I make artwork it's it's not driven by I have to sell this I need you know so I might make a big crazy 20-foot installation art piece and not think somebody needs to buy this and wants to put this in their den um mm-hmm. you know but, um, <laughs> i would love it i know I'm in like... my den <laughs> it might be a little scary when you get up at night and walk through there but um but i i think uh i like seeing the work in different situations i was really lucky and fortunate to get to show my work abroad because you get this whole other Mm -hmm. perspective when people that aren't just from your little bubble look at work they're gonna have this different type of feedback and I feel like that helps me grow as an artist just hearing people's critiques of the work absolutely and that's let me ask you about that because you showed your work in Bosnia and I think that that's so I mean, I I have to wonder, what was that kind of response? First of all, how did that happen? And then, like, what was the response to the work there? It was great. I mean, I I had a friend that was there during the the conflict, and he he went through it, and that that's a whole other radio show. But um, (laughs) he um, he helped me get in connection with the museum to show the work there, and. It was so helpful for me because it put me in check. Sometimes I think, oh, my work's really edgy and gory. And then you show it over there and and they've just seen all this artwork about genocide. And all of a sudden you realize, no, this is, you know, they find this work refreshing. This is light um, to Mm. them. So um, it's just interesting to see the work, how the work changes in different environments, um, but just also to learn from what other people, how they see it. Well, Kelly, I want to ask because so if you go to kellybamer.com and you click on Kelly's CV, it is the most absurd thing that you'll ever see because it goes (laughs) for pages and pages and pages. Normally, I print that stuff out to bring to a radio show interview when I have a guest on. But it was so long that I was just like, I can't even dissect like one thing from this. So you've been showing like everywhere, like all over the country and the world, really. So talk a little bit about that. I mean, I think that's, you mentioned that getting different feedback is important, but that's kind of next level. Well, uh, sort of like Becca, I love to work all the time. I just, I really like to stay busy, but I won't 
finish anything unless I have a deadline. Mm. So I'll just make little projects and never really put them together unless I have a deadline. So I love to apply for shows and say, I have to have it together for this. And then that really pushes me. Um, So I think a lot of artists come up with their own little motivators and little secret things that push them. And for me, that's how many shows can I do a year or something, you know, just to motivate me to produce the work. Oh, man, a deadline is. Yes. (laughs) That's so critical. I like like a deadline to you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because, I mean, I think that that I know for me is that public embarrassment is a really important motivator. (laughs) And like if I have a show or I'm going to be in a show and I know that people are going to see it, especially like in Savannah, where like I where like the people that will see it. I know them. Like, I don't want to show up with some crap. I need yeah. it needs to be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, I don't know. It's a small town. <laughs> 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 well, that's really cool. Well, look, you know, we're about at the halfway point here. So we're going to take our mid-show break. Again, I'm Rob Hester here with my special guest co-host, Rebecca Cook, this week. You're listening to Art on the Air, our in-studio guest is kelly bamer what did i oh my gosh the kalimba has made a triumphant return <laughs> becca cook standing in for david laughlin oh david my. is here in spirit <laughs> i stopped by and saw him today and he gave me this to bring oh my Thank god you. that is so funny <laughs> thank you david appreciate that shout out to david laughlin one of the founders of art on the air so we'll take our quick mid-show break we'll be back with kelly bamer and on the other side of the messages We're going to start the second segment with a little bit of music from Glitter Chariot. Telfair Museums will present the 25th annual I Have Marks to Make exhibit, featuring works by individuals of diverse ages, backgrounds, and abilities. The exhibit will be on display at the Telfair's Jepson Center for the Arts from December 8th through January 12th. More information is available at telfair.org. WRUU 107.5 FM is a new and different listener-supported and all-volunteer community radio station for Savannah. Our diverse broadcast and web programming is supported by generous listeners who value our passion and our spunk. We're independent of other media and receive no government or large corporate support. People like you are the largest and most important source of our funding, So go to WRUU.org to find out how you can make a one-time or monthly contribution. Thank you. Yeah. 
is Should Have Been Blonde by Glitter Chariot. And we've just exclusive information here that it, they will be performing at the opening of the Cedar Hat. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Kelly, Kelly is hoping to have them perform perhaps at her exhibition opening at Cedar House Gallery in February. That is not, I, I do not put that pressure on there. We're just, Becca Cook and I are just hoping, hoping that they will. And again, I'm Rob Hessler. Our student studio guest is Kelly Vamer. And as I mentioned, um, she is currently showing some work staff down at the Pulse Art Fair um, as part of Art Basel, and um, and uh, she has an exhibition again opening February at Cedar House Gallery. My co-host in studio this week is Becca Cook, and this is Kelly's band, Glitter Chariot, and it's you can find a lot of their videos on YouTube. What's going on here? <laughs> um. Well. My husband's in the band. He's the musical director, Chuck Carvia. And um, I mostly do costume design, of course, with mm-hmm, fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a little bit of backup singing. And well, tell us design. what the project is all about. Like, yeah. Give us the, the details. Okay, so it's, it's a performance art group, but we really try to think of it as a band first. Um, and then we've done such a huge variety of different types of things so we've had the band be 14 people oh my gosh doing a glam rock show or we've had it just be three people doing something really small and intimate where we look like a sculpture that's singing and we don't really interact with the crowd um so we've tried a lot of different things with it yeah and i was noticing like in one of the videos the band is performing and then there's like somebody laying on a bed and then like there's <laughs> like there's like television screens yeah. and it's like there is a a performance art piece happening in the center of the band that surrounds so it's like almost completely as if the audience plays no role whatsoever it is just an art piece and you can interact with it however you choose yeah, I mean, the guy that started it, Ryan Berg, he, um, he was a ceramic artist, but then does TV shows and all, sculpture and all different types of art. And I think all of that influence comes into the work. But because we tried all those different venues, I think we like that variety of how the audience interacts with us mm-hmm. um, and playing with that. I mean, we've done one thing I, I really like that we did was we do what's called a whisper duet. And we have two performers stand on either side of the viewer, and they're sitting down, and they hear the song whispered in stereo into each ear. And so they're they're hearing the sad love song whispered into their ears. But then, That's so good. <laughs> but it's funny because you don't expect these sad love songs because we're wearing these bizarre over the top costumes, and it, you think you're going to hear some kind of punk rock thing, but then it's really sweet and tender. An interesting makeup and everything, too, yeah. in addition to the costuming. I mean, it is just a whole, well, it's a menagerie kind of that is created. Now, I'm, I'm curious how, like, the how do you think your traditional visual art intersects with the performance art? Because it's one of the reasons why I think, like, there's some synergy between you and our guest co-host, Becca Cook, and I think even my own personal work is, like, there is 
there isn't really an easy box to put around like what you're doing as an artist. And I wonder if it's like you think of them as separate or if you think of them as just like part of the tapestry of what you do. Yeah, I I mean, I don't think of them as separate, really. Sometimes I, I really I like that it pushes me in a different way. Um, when I think about a costume, there's more rules involved in that. It has to be something that you can put on and wear. Um, and it just makes you think in a different way. Um, and I don't know if you have that same experience when you're doing performance where it makes you think about the process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I make clothing, too. And um, and I make installation. I make all different things. I think um, it's definitely the way I just think. My brain thinks this way, so I create it. And it's like whether it's clothing or whether it's an installation, um, whether it's a performance piece, it all just kind of comes together. It just kind of it just happens, and I, I really let it organically happen. I think. Yeah, you and mentioned like the creator thing. of it is a ceramicist, yeah. and and kind of ended up doing that and i feel like there, like that is like for me like the true definition of there's lots of ways to define an artist but i think one of the kind of artists that really is particularly interesting to me is do whatever art is necessary to execute the idea that is in front of you whether that be a painting a sculpture a performance art piece whispering a lullaby or a, a, song, a love song into somebody's ear like whatever it is whatever you need to do and like if we can break those walls down i think it allows our creativity really to flourish yeah yeah and just working with other people does that too i mean you you work in solitude so much if you're doing labor intensive fibers mm-hmm. art and it's really nice to work with a team and have those ideas flow back and forth um, I think that's really a, a fun way to work. Mm-hmm. Do, you, yeah. do you like? I, I find that too. It's helpful, um, and maybe for same for you. Like I'm part of a puppet group, Pookie Pie Puppet Parade, <laughs> that we get together, and I have my clown friends, my clownies out there. Um, but we get together and do things, and we're all from yeah. various different backgrounds. Do you find that you? Um, get inspired to you does it show in your personal work like in your solo work when you're working with like the ceramicist or somebody that has different do you do you find that pulling into your work yeah absolutely because um the guy that does the ceramics I mean now he works in tv and movies a lot Mm -hmm. and does a lot of art direction and so now I'm thinking well maybe I should start doing stop motion animation or something different I mean it it does get you thinking about Mm -hmm. new ideas and new approaches um and if you're making a costume for someone it just puts you in a different mindset too Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, because you're like literally making an art piece that involves someone else. You cannot, there's no way around it. You can't just do your own thing. You have to yeah. consider what they're thinking about. Or, and it's even more so when you're in a group. And, you know, Becca and I have been working on a collaborative piece, and it's like we had, you can't just, we can't just say, oh, here's my idea, here's your idea. And then we just put them next to each other, and somehow the project is finished. You have to like weave the pieces together. And if you're talking about a dozen people doing a glam rock project, <laughs> that's a lot. Or a giant puppet kind of thing, right. which I know you were involved in Ioli Malali's uh-huh. um, Judgment Day Circus project, which I was thinking of when you were talking about that, where there are so many moving pieces. Like, I love the collaborative thing, too. And I think it is such a positive impact on an individual work as well. Well, look, we're running a little short on time, so we need to get to our final 
segment of the show. Three big questions. And now it's time for Three Big Questions with your host, Rob Hessler. And yes, it is time for Three Big Questions with Kelly Bamer this week. And we're going to ask some good ones. I, I we got just a couple that we're going to ask that we got submissions. And then we're going to finish up with Becca Cook's question. But we're going to start, as usual, my beautiful wife gets the first question because she's my wife and she gets to go first. She asks, are your dreams as creepy as your artwork? Ooh. What do you draw your inspiration from? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think I think all the, the creepiness just comes out in the art. <laughs> so I think I probably have pretty pretty normal dreams. Um, but well, wait a second. What does normal yeah, dreams mm, mean yeah, for maybe an that art doesn't type? Work. You know but but where's the inspiration that's a that's a tough one i mean i think working with students all day is really great i mean i just i get to see people make art all day long and that's very energizing i think a lot of people think oh your your job's gonna pool energy but it that actually can really help inspire you i think well you know you mentioned earlier in the interview about how like there's no pressure for you to make sales so you can kind of yeah. do your own thing we had john jensen from the savannah uh the savannah clay community and he's a ceramicist and he does some crazy ceramic pieces and he talked about that like he's been a professor for 30 plus years now and he has like he thought of that you know a lot of people would say oh that's a disadvantage because you have this side you have this job that you have to spend so much time working on but his point was is that well you never have to sell anything so you just make art that is totally from your being you don't have to worry about that one bit and i i have found myself less and less concerned about making art sales and instead of just like i'm just gonna do some crazy stuff that i just want to do yeah and i'm obviously you're on board with that yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> well let's ask this question from lisa d watson lisa of course is one of art up the Air's biggest fans i hope i'm not speaking out of turn lisa when i say that she asks kelly your sculptures remind me of continuous line drawings not knowing where you started and where the materials ended do you make a continuous line drawing before you begin or do the materials perform like a drawing tool that Ooh. was such a good question. I love that yeah. question. No, and the, it, it's so right on, too, because, I mean, coming from painting and drawing background, that makes total sense. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll start out with a really goofy gesture sketch that looks kind of cartoony. Um, but then that does get translated to a rough hand-sewn line that I do think of, like, the artist's hand as, as an expressive line drawing. Um, so I can't, you know, that's really neat that she saw that in the work. Well, and yeah, and sculpturally, they are very gestural. I mean, like looking at the works, I mean, they're very refined, but there is kind of a gestural quality if you just kind of take a step back. Yeah, yeah, because it's not about um, having a refined technique. It's it's so much more just about the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lisa says that she is our biggest fan. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> So I don't speak out of turn. She often will text me during the show. So, so Becca, we're going to save the final of the three big questions for you. What have you got for Kelly this week? All right. So this is a question I've been wanting to ask you because I'm a big fan of your work. And I, and, I'm, and I do fiber work, too. So seeing all the different materials, I would think that your studio is just <clears throat> like a blast to be in. And I want to know, how do you choose your materials for each piece? Like you have the one that pieces like a coyote head, but you have all these different... 
if you look really close at your work, it's so many different things going on, but it works together and it just, it, it comes together so perfectly. And so I want to know, like, what is your process of gathering materials for a piece? Is it something that you think ahead or is it something that you just kind of organically put together as the piece goes? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, the coyote head piece, I was looking at the Arnolfini portrait, the wedding portrait, mm-hmm. uh, that engagement piece. And um, so I was pulling the colors specifically from that art history mm-hmm. inspiration. Okay. But um, then I do have this big, messy studio. And um, one of the things is just converting this bedroom into a studio space allows me to just run in at any time and grab a piece of fabric and yeah. and work. Um, my cat loves it. Sparkles. <laughs> thinks it's great. Your cat's Sparkles. name is Sparkles? Of course your cat's name <laughs> is Sparkles. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, having all of those supplies out there, you can just grab something that catches your eye. Mm-hmm. So I really love working that way. Oh my gosh. Well, my studio is just perfectly clean and organized. It's totally organized. <laughs> Nothing... There's no mess about it at all. Yours too, right, Becca? Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sorry, Gretchen, for the studio. I've seen your studio. (laughs) It's rough right now, I will tell you. I was supposed to have an exhibition at the end of uh, this year, like last month, two months ago, and and it fell through and was pushed into into the spring, and... um, Wow, there was there's a lot of stuff now sitting in the studio space. So sorry, Gretchen. <laughs> All right, well, look, we got to finish up our our. We gotta we gotta move on. We gotta get to our community calendar. But I just want to say, Kelly Bamer, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air today. Thank you. And we will we're gonna talk with Kelly again in February when her exhibition over at Cedar House Gallery opens up because we love Cedar House and I can't wait to see a full exhibition of her work. So. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air. I'm debating on what show's going to be next week. I've got a couple things lined up, so I'm not going to announce that. We're going to finish our show with an interview with Marissa Liljay, the current OnView resident over at Sulphur Studios. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Our feature event for the week. Thank you, Becca Cook. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly Bamer. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to Art on the Air on WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM, WRUU.org, live every week from 3 to 4 p.m. Catch you next week. Rob Hessler and Kiri Williamson, Art on the Air, Field Notes. We're with Marissa Lilji at the OnView Artist in Residency space. She is the current resident here at Sulphur Studios at 2301 Bull Street. Marissa, why don't you tell us what your project is all about? My project is basically painting portraits of people that live in Savannah and just sort of representing the town through portraiture. How have you been collecting people? Because we're a little bit into the residency now and there are a lot of portraits on the wall. So how have you been kind of engaging people to get involved in this? Well, some are the paid models from SCAD that I know just from being in town. And so anyone who works as a model gets paid as a model here. And then other people I just know through connections with friends or my husband knew them and suggested them or they're people I've known since they're little babies or they're artists in town. I noticed that you have also a number of images of sort of famous portraits that are up on the wall, little studies of kind of master studies, essentially. So talk a little bit about those. Well, those I put up on the wall. I did those this summer when I moved in so that my walls wouldn't be bare, but 
they're a good way for me to sort of think about color in terms of portrait. I'm, a, I'm a, actually somebody who draws and I just picked up painting in April. Yeah, color is not natural to me. And so the whole notion of looking at someone's face and being able to name the color that a certain area is is not something that I can do really easily. So master studies where that decision's already been made, the color's already there, and I'm just doing my best to sort of copy that sense or study that sense of color in flesh tone is very helpful to me because then it's one less decision I have to make. It's just so incredible to hear you say that, that you feel like you don't really have that same concept of color because even in your own portraits compared to the studies that you've done, there's just such a realism in the color specifically, it feels like, of a person's skin and not just that flat color of a person's face, the real colors of yeah. all of our faces. Well, that's very generous. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> the part that I struggle with the most, absolutely. One thing I do notice is that there's also a rooster. What's yes. up with the rooster? <laughs> well, sometimes you have to sh sort of shift gears when you've been staring at faces for a long time. <laughs> so, and the rooster really, it's really, it sounds crazy, but it's the same thing. And in a, that particular rooster with the, the black, in the sun, the tail feathers shimmer. And mm -hmm. how do you get that shimmer <laughs> in paint? I have no idea. So I'll probably paint uh, Mr. Black Rooster a few more times and see if I can do that. But it's a, just a, a, a challenge for me to see if I can do it and a change of pace so I'm not beating myself up over not being able to tackle shadows properly or something. <laughs> We'd like to feature people who are in this residency space because we think it's just a great service to the community and it's an interesting experience. And you're in this window, it's called On View because you're yeah. in the window. So I'm kind of curious, how has your experience been sitting here like on view for everybody to see working? Well, for me, it's kind of normal because my back is to the window uh, in general, and then my model is sitting facing me, so they're the ones who get to see everybody walk by. And so they see people kind of mouth things through the window or <laughs> stare and try and figure out what I'm doing, and they try not to laugh, which is very generous. But um, on the weekends, it's great because people come in a lot and chat about what I'm doing, which is fun because people are so eager to share what they're doing mm -hmm. in terms of art and then hear another artist talk about it. So that's kind of fun because you always want to gather ideas and information. So your project will be coming to completion on December 6th as part of First Friday, mm -hmm. December 6th. So that's going to be kind of the final viewing of your project. What can people expect on that first Friday? Kind of, Do you have anything special lined up for people who would come Well, by? I'm just going to have all of the portraits hopefully finished by then and taped up on the wall. If you come in now, you'll see what I'm doing. There's sort of no mystery to it. It's just a matter of being complete and hopefully more of them. I've taken a bajillion pictures and had a bunch of people come in. So I'm making a whole bunch of work for myself that hopefully will be done. Wonder. Yeah. At this point, are you looking for more people to come in, or are you really trying to finish the things that you've started? As well, as I feel as well as long as I'm in here, I need it makes more sense to have people mm -hmm. sit for me because the performative aspect of me sitting with the model and mm -hmm. people being able to see what that looks like because I think people have a sense in general, but they don't have an experience of it. Where right. for me, that comes very natural. So I think it's good for people to see look, there's a person sitting and they're doing their best, you know, mm -hmm. I'm doing my best, crossing my fingers <laughs> to 
honor that person in the painting. So I think that's important to always have people here. So I'm sure everything won't be finished, but I have been taking things home and working on them there in the wee morning hours. AJ Perez, who is one of the owners of Sulphur yes. Studios, one of the people behind Sulphur Studios, I guess about a year and a half ago, during a blank period in the residency, set up a little space right in this window and did little quick sketch portraits. Mm -hmm. And then he ended up doing an exhibition. He took them and enlarged them yeah. and did an exhibition over at Invino Veritas when it was still that space. You know, he used that as a jumping off point. And I'm kind of wondering, because a lot of these are they're smaller pieces, mm -hmm. but they're also like, I feel like they're this could be the beginning of some really big, much bigger project. Well, I think that what I was thinking just before this residency started, as I was sort of looking to the Telfair thing that they do at the Jepson and the windows. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. But I can't really do charcoal drawings because they're in those windows that right. get so much light. And so I was thinking about just blowing them up in a similar way and sort of trusting the colors that I already mixed and the brush strokes I already made and trying to replicate it on a large scale. AJ actually, um, I was like, man, he's got an interesting face. I want to, <laughs> I want to paint him, but I don't know if he'd be able to sit cause he's always in here kind of running around. And so I, last Friday or last Saturday, I told him that and he, I'm like, even if you just come in for photos, just for a little bit. And he's like, no, 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 I want to sit for you. And so maybe he will be sitting one of the last portrait subjects of the residency, which would be awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Well, Marissa, Lil J, thank you so much for being on Art on the Air Field Notes today. Everybody can come and see your project as part of First Friday in Starland, the last First Friday of the year, December 6th from 6 to 9 p.m. at Sulphur Studios at 2301 Bull Street. Thank you so much for being on Art on the Air today. Thank you so much for coming in. That's all the time we have for this week's episode of Art on the Air with your host, Rob Hessler. Listen every Wednesday for our live show, broadcasting from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on 107.5 FM, Savannah Soundings, and worldwide at WRUU.org. And you can catch past episodes on the WRUU station archives on our website, as well as on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We'll talk to you next week, where we'll have another batch of art on the air.